Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together every week, we have watched the science fiction film, we talk about it, it really is that simple. And coming up on this episode, we'll be discussing a new film that came out on Netflix called Oxygen. It is a French film directed by Alexandra Aja. So we're going to be looking at this. Is a, the basic premise is about a woman who wakes up in a, a pod. It's like a science fiction-esque pod where, she, you know, it seems like it may be a medical-based thing. It could be more of a cryosleep-based thing. But the big trick here is that she doesn't remember who she is or why she's here and she can't get out. There is an AI inside the pod who can talk to her and maybe help work out what's going on but that is the basic just the premise thing thing buried with uh ryan reynolds but a more sci-fi take on it where there there's and some more things to do she's running it. out of oxygen that is yes that is a key part of the premise which the yes yes uh yeah and she starts off quite low she's at like 42 percent or something with like that when the movie starts so we're not even like starting a, a nice high amount so that is the basic premise. We will start spoiler-free for this, because after all, it is a new movie, and there is a lot of spoilery stuff to talk about. Uh, it, it, you know, because it doesn't reveal everything at the end. It does gradually reveal things throughout the film, but I'd say it's quite early before you're in a spoiler territory with stuff that you probably shouldn't know going mm-hmm. into it. So, yeah, that's Oxygen. Um, it does star uh, Melanie Loren, uh, who was in Inglorious Bastards, which is like the one thing that I know her from. So. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Shoshana. Yes, Oxygen. So it's been since we did a, a straight-to-Netflix release. In fact, it might have been a really long time, actually, because I, I think uh, I Am Mother and maybe like one other movie kind of put us off wanting to do them so much. <laughs> now, we almost did one a few months ago called Space Sweepers, which... Uh, Tara done me dirty and uh, I watched half the movie and then she's like eh, can we push recording and I'm like well we're not doing this movie there because I'm not watching that again <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, needless to say Netflix movies don't have the best reputation in general and hey a Netflix movies are like I want to say top seller but <laughs> it's our most watched video that is true. What happened to Monday for some reason is that is doing very well numbers wise on on YouTube. But I, I, I don't know. I don't want to tell you there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's some old people who get confused and think YouTube is Netflix, and they'll go looking for a movie on YouTube thinking it's Netflix, and then <laughs> and then wonder why we're talking about it instead. Um, well, they get the whole plot from us. So yes, same thing. And the old old people is the kindest. Uh, explanation i have for the people who seem to think it's going to be the movie and then it just does <laughs> because the word review in our faces isn't enough to dispel the idea that maybe just maybe this isn't the movie you're going to be watching so to it does any- have a lot of likes so yeah. so to anyone who's clicked on this thinking you're going to be watching oxygen uh because why that would be on youtube for whatever reason um, just get your free two weeks from netflix yeah and then go watch it's available oxygen. everywhere <laughs> yes um but hey Let's get, let's get into it then. So, uh, I suppose, what with that discussion of Netflix movie quality being a little on the ropey side, not terrible, just really annoyingly in the middle and kind of bland. 
generally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, where it, it seems to often peak at seven, right? It seems to be in the five to seven out of ten range, almost very consistently. Though obviously, there's exceptions. You know, uh, Roma, for example, was was fantastic, and I I really liked the Babysitter when that came out. But for the most part, there is a a middling quality to Netflix movies. So with that in mind, I asked Tara Lee question. Did you enjoy, and indeed elaborate, because if you just say yes, I'm going to be really mad. That's not good video. Uh, <laughs> how did you feel about Oxygen? Well, I too have um, bad history with Netflix movies. I see a trailer and it looks interesting. And then it says only on Netflix. And I think skip. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I and it's not that there haven't been gems. Like you listed two that I haven't seen. I watched their first one, The Beast of No Nations, and thought that was an incredible film. Uh, just everything I watched since is kind of garbage. So, or just middling, like, okay. Yeah, a lot of middling. This one is, okay. I like, <laughs> I like half of it a lot. Um, and then it goes places. And although it's interesting... It just becomes an okay movie from there. I, I like the idea. This is almost one of the most insulting like ways you can respond to how did you feel about a movie or a TV show or a video game or any piece of art. Say, how did you feel about that? And you go, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, it's very claustrophobic, which I think is, you know, part of the experience. And it's, it's shot all right. Um, Except for one part where it just keeps spinning, spinning around and around and around. That part I didn't enjoy watching. It's getting a little nauseous. But, um, yeah. Well, it's okay. What I'll add to that is the claustrophobia is that it has a surprisingly active 5.1 mix. There's a couple of points where this pod has like a little like robot arm that comes out and moves around. And the 5.1 audio did a really good job of like making it feel like it was whizzing past my head and like yeah. <laughs> going around the circle and all that. that so I, I appreciate the sound mix, if nothing else. Um, yeah, well, how did I feel about it then? I, yeah, I, I would say it's on the... Yeah, okay is a good phrase. I, I would say on the upper end of middling. <laughs> is, is, that, is, that, is that damning? I I think from a concept point of view, there's a lot of concepts in this that I really like. Uh, what's funny is I actually think I got more interested in the film in the second half, which seems to be the opposite of how you felt. And I think it's partly because in the first half, I, I thought the way it was using its very, very bottled premise, right? Everyone knows I love a bottle story. Right? I love a bottle movie, a bottle TV episode where it's all set in one location and you don't get more bottled than a coffin, <laughs> essentially. Um, and I think the way it was progressing through that felt less inventive to me than other examples. I, I guess Buried's the one you compare it to the most, but even other examples like, a, I don't know, like a Saw or anything where there's just a couple of characters like in a room or something like that. I, I wasn't necessarily feeling the spark of, like, creativity and how it was, like, getting around that by having story elements come in and how it was pacing its, like, storytelling. Um, to the point where it, it's almost like because it sets up so early on that, okay, there's a, a complete mystery as to who she is, where she is, why she's there, what led to these events, that it becomes kind of this chasing a mystery and, like, speculating over every little detail that's presented to you 
rather than just enjoying the tension of her trying to survive and like you know figure out a solution before the oxygen runs out instead of focusing on that i almost didn't care about the the ticking time bomb of death i was just too busy to try to think and second guess everything it was telling me because i knew it was playing me i knew it was setting seeds mm-hmm. for later reveals and and stuff like that um to, to the point where I, there was at least one thing that I, I guessed. There was definitely some things I didn't because it actually throws a lot at you. There's a lot of things that are revealed as the yeah. movie goes on. But uh, I, I think so. I think that's a bit of a detriment. I think once it kind of played its bigger hand, I enjoyed it a bit more because we got some more interesting visuals and the music kind of ramped up a little bit more at that point. Uh, and <laughs> some of the more interesting science fiction kind of questions were raised then. Because before that, it was about, okay, what's going on? But once we knew what was going on, and it was like, okay, this is the decision she has to make. This is what the story, in many ways, is probably about, really. Once that came into it, it was a bit more interesting. So I actually think the second half was probably a bit stronger. Um, mm. Not completely. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think it gets a bit... The, the, the little flashbacks to, like, you know, the life before as the memories are coming back, I thought were a little bit... Uh, you know, we want this to feel ethereal and indie-like and we're going to have these little emotional moments that are just snippets of things. Yeah. And it's only triggered, like, through pain, but she's able to really hone in on details. Like, uh, I'm quite sure. Uh, she, it's like she has an enhanced feature in her brain. Enhance that image I had in my dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, interesting ideas, some nice moments but yeah i wouldn't it's, it's one of those annoying like movies and anyway not the movie itself isn't annoying but it's annoying in terms of quality because it's at that level where i appreciate a lot of what it's doing i can't dislike it and i can't hate it but it's it's just it's missing that extra spark to actually put it into i'm excited mm-hmm. to really talk about this and i'm like i want to recommend it and all these things mm-hmm. and that's like more frustrating because at least if it was a train wreck it'd be like okay here's why it's a train wreck here's why it just does not work in any level but this yeah. level and this is why netflix movies are so goddamn annoying is because a lot of them fall into this territory of they're just i wouldn't call this one bland because usually i'll call them bland but it, it still kind of ends up in the same territory of it's just not quite there and that's in many ways more frustrating to actually talk about especially when you're doing a in-depth discussion on a review show like this so Mm -hmm. uh i like um in the later half there's like a body horror element that comes in and that part i was very like into (laughs) you know that that like uh brought me back into the movie for sure yeah uh i can totally see that um Mm -hmm. i can't even say what i liked about the second half because it's all (laughs) <laughs> it's all super yeah, spoiler vague, it's all super like, spoiler territory i don't know if, if just saying body horror is in it is spoiler i don't not, think but... so i mean I, when she wakes up she's she's hooked up to a bunch of things uh and yeah pod. she has to like near her way out of things yeah uh, <laughs> and and the opening is quite an interesting visual because the opening she's in she's in like a not a cocoon but like a sort of like a suit that kind of starts to rip apart as she's breathing and she has to rip her hands out of it. It's kind of like a, almost like a mummified kind of thing, but like a more scientific level. It's like a futuristic yeah. scientific. And it's very thin. And so she's yeah. able to like just break through it. Yeah. With just like her face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of speculation, of course, as where, to where she is. Like 
the the obvious examples is she even on earth the other the other example i thought of early on was is this like after the apocalypse is she sitting in a in a world that is desolate and there's mm-hmm. nothing there and then it, there were some crazier ideas i had about oh maybe she's at the bottom of the ocean or maybe she's like i don't know like I, my mind was rumbling with like so many ideas of like situations where because because it makes you question what's on the outside because we never see it and well we do right. eventually but like early on when the mystery is like at its thickest you, you don't see it so right. um and of course once she starts talking to people over the phone it's like well okay it's maybe not the apocalypse apocalypse but it could still be something you know future dystopia or something I right people are giving her answers that are like that are questionable so yeah. like can we even trust what they're saying yeah yeah so it's, there's interesting stuff there I, it, it, it's funny like it almost feels like i i get why you have the ticking time clock clock of death as well as all the mysteries but the mm-hmm. mysteries especially where it goes and how much it actually how intricate it actually is by the time we get to the end um it, it does kind of feel like they're a little bit odd, so they're not balanced properly, where I felt like... I felt like the, the auction thing, I was barely paying attention to. And I think that's maybe a fault of the direction of the script, where it wasn't balanced in the... You know, like... May, I think maybe because... There's so much unknown at the start, that you're just focusing on all the different possibilities. Because it's not just, okay, where is it? You know, when is it? <laughs> like, who is she? And Oh, don't get me wrong. She has to on some level have amnesia to start with for the plot to work because if she just knew who she was it wouldn't play the same way but yeah uh, but i don't hate the explanation for it no not do i it's actually one of the more interesting things in the movie I, I the point i'm making though is that there's just there's so many things that i feel like if you could remove one of those elements at the start and then introduce mm-hmm. it later on that would be better but the problem is is that it kind of all has to be interesting at the start because it all has to be there from the start. Or it wouldn't make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think what I would say is that I, w- I, I would not have the oxygen be a problem for a while. I, I would focus it on being where is she and who is she. And then maybe halfway through the movie, and I know it's the title of the movie, but I think it'd be okay for halfway through the movie for the computer to go, oh, by the way, your oxygen's running out because you're awake. And uh, like, there's only, and maybe at that point you go, you're like, oh, it's 40% left. But we do that halfway through as opposed to right in the first two minutes. <laughs> so, because I wasn't thinking about it anyway at that point, so maybe it should have become more of a, a concern later on. I, I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. a balancing of its elements like that may have, I think, made for a more uh, refined movie. But How did you find uh, the lead performer then? Because she kind of has to obviously carry the whole movie. <laughs> right. I mean, she's, she's excellent. She's a great actress. And... Um... She does a good job, like, when she gets emotional, like, it looks very convincing, and I thought, uh, yeah, I thought she was quite good. I know she is good, because there's a a good, like, <laughs> 30 minutes where I wanted to eat food, so I had to, like, turn on the, the dubbing, <laughs> so I could still watch and <laughs> the movie and <laughs> make food. What, what a hot admission that is. Uh, 30 minutes... Well, 30 minutes of the 100 minute runtime was watched dubbed, but the rest of it was watched subtitled with the original. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I was able to, I switched it back because it's noticeably much, much better. Yeah. My, my, my bigger 
problem at the start of this movie is that uh, one of my cats decided to lie right in front of me with the head covering the lower third of the screen. <laughs> so I had to kind of strain my neck to actually read the subtitle. Well, you're not going to move the cat. Like, you know, it's so rare that they choose to cuddle. <laughs> it's not a joke. Like, it's true. I don't get to choose when it's cuddle time with kitty cat. They choose. They do choose. Um, yeah. I, I, the cat's in charge. and I accepted that a long time ago. That's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. but yes, and it, it almost led to some real hilarity because when Wesker finally moved, Garish jumped up on top of the, the unit where the TV is and almost sat right in front of the screen, right in the middle where the subtitles were. Luckily he went to the <laughs> side, so it wasn't that bad, but, uh, I see. <clears throat> yeah. I just found out what your cat's name is from because of the <laughs> release of the Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, oh that's where the name came from for some reason i thought it was buffy the vampire slayer <laughs> no <laughs> no giles is his name i yes. was thinking his name was garris you thought you thought it was rupert garris was the yes. librarian in sunnydale high oh well <laughs> the guy with the glasses and the books yeah so librarian typically or yes librarians professor or magician <laughs> I don't remember the show. He's a he's a librarian. Although magician is not necessarily a completely absurd thing to say, because he did practice the dark arts when he was in his college years. But that led to some bad things that came back to bite him. Um, so, are you proud that you can quote Joss Whedon lines? Are you really proud? That, of that? Why why did you have to? That that's dirty. Why did you have to do it dirty like that? You brought Buffy into this conversation, and then you whipped around with the, the Joss Whedon guilt. Because she's so proud. Yeah, no, she's pretty good. The actress is, uh, you know, is solid. She has to do a lot. She has to act on her back, <laughs> which I can't imagine. I mean, on one hand, it might be quite a comfortable shoot in many ways because you don't have to like do a lot of movement. I'm but... sure those chambers are ergonomic. Yeah. Well, well, keep in mind that for a lot of it, it'll be an open top, so the camera's like there and like you know. It, it it won't actually be as you know claustrophobic as it actually appears on screen. In the same way that when you know, they're shooting in cars, a lot of the times the front of the cars is like missing because they've got like a camera rig there instead. Uh, so I I can I can see that being whatever. But um, she has a lot of range things to do despite her confinement. She has to learn a lot of big things about her life. She has to learn a lot about where she is, who she is, all that stuff, but uh, she also has to do a lot of, you know, little physical things here or there, and I think she does a good job of expressing the pain or expressing the not the disgust, but just the the nerves or the like the hesitation and all, all that kind of things, like, because ultimately the movie relies on her actually experiencing all this, and mm-hmm. it would completely fall apart if if she couldn't carry that, if she, if at any point she felt disingenuous as to as to the situation she's in, uh, and admittedly, uh, if there is any faults in the performance, maybe we miss them because we don't speak French. So, but at least in every other aspect, it seems pretty solid. So, mm-hmm. um, and the dubber was just so awful. <laughs> Do not recommend watching this dubbed. Yeah, I never. Wa- at least in English, I never recommend watching anything dubbed. It's just a, it's a bad idea. <laughs> 
general. But what's funny when I had the the dubbing on is that I still had the English subtitles and they did not line up. They really do. Uh, but to, yeah. to, to be fair, uh, that is the correct thing for them to do where mm-hmm. you have to essentially get the point across but try and make it fit the length of the same sentence as much as possible. So that's why they'll, they'll rephrase things and they'll do whatever to try and make it fit. Uh, which I don't really approve of dubbing, but there are situations where that's more relevant. Like, um, you know, maybe in a video game or something animated where dubbing is not necessarily as much of an issue. Sure. Uh, although there's some purists out there who will still insist in playing video games in Japanese or watching their animes in the original language. Let's move into the spoiler territory then, because I think there's a lot to get into here and more specifics to to go through and the details of how this pod operates and the AI that talks to her uh, named Milo. Uh, and I don't know her name, obviously. Their name's very hard to forget because it's very emphasized as the movie goes on once it's brought up. But for a long time, we don't have a name because she doesn't know her name. So I, I kind of avoided it until this point. But since we're in spoilers now... Uh, I will call Liz, but, uh, you know, she's talking to this Milo computer, and I, I guess one of the complaints I, I kind of had about the the way the movie operates with the, the operating system is that I felt like there was times where, and, and sadly, the final solution, well, that's a really weird way of saying that, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the final, the final, uh, the thing at the end she she has the idea for to, to save the day, right, is what I mean. Um, sure. I don't understand why the computer didn't immediately suggest this, like, ages yeah, ago. Yeah, I had the exact same thought. Because the, se- <laughs> the second, and we'll get into where she actually is, but the second they revealed that there was other pods with people who who were already dead, right, and we'll get, I'll explain mm-hmm. all, we'll explain all this properly in a minute. But as soon as they said that, I'm like, well, what about their oxygen? Is the, 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 they them get any oxygen they can they can take? And it played it at the end like it was this big moment where she had this great idea. And she's like, hey, Milo. like Because cause she's told earlier on that if she doesn't have at least 2% uh, left in her oxygen, then she won't survive being woken back up. Although... That did even before we found out that, that even if there wasn't other even if all the pods where people had died technically had been you know damaged so the oxygen all escaped or, or whatever it could have been. If the only two percent, although admittedly maybe that's a bit risky still at two percent, like surely taking ten percent from someone who's got a hundred, <laughs> so that she can have a safe wake up call when she gets mm-hmm. where she's going surely that that would be doable and that wouldn't be I mean, you wouldn't really be risking the other person if they've still got 90 if two percent is the bare minimum if the other person still got 80 90 percent no no one's gonna yeah you know cry over it <laughs> it it kind of felt like at the end that this wasn't this shouldn't have been the problem that it appeared to be uh throughout the whole maybe movie. the maybe the ship had some sort of like safety me- mechanism designed to where like, so long as they had a certain percentage of people that made it, then that would be enough to do the big ultimate plan that, that the humans have for this journey. Yeah. So instead of risking everybody losing o- oxygen in order for everyone to survive, there's like a, we'll just prioritize one pod at a time. Maybe that's like, it's just a programming error. Yeah, but the, the computer, if, if, like Milo feels like... He- 
like when she suggests this, he just sort of goes, "Yes, that would work. It'll take some time, but I can do it while you're asleep." And that's kind yeah, of yeah. Like, why didn't he just put her back to sleep then anyway? If she didn't need oxygens to survive, I don't understand. <laughs> why did he wake her up at like forty two percent oxygen and? It doesn't make sense. No. And well, just no, put well, her back to sleep. Well, no, he didn't wake her up. It was it was a glitch that effectively woke her. Something was overheating. Like I, there, there was some mumbo jumbo to explain it, but it, it, she wasn't woken up, uh, okay. in purpose. Like the waking up was like a side effect that just kind of happened. Right. Uh, but the they have like the thing to put her to sleep, so that it would be okay, the whole time. That's that, that's uh, that's true. Well, no, no. So there is another hurdle, though. There's another hurdle where the device or the, the the process that malfunctioned needs to work for everything to go smoothly for the rest of the trip, right? So they're, they're in space, okay? We're in spoilers, right? There's a trip, right? Mm-hmm. But so one of the big things they have to do over the course of the movie, she has to find a way to divert power from other processes on in the pod to make that one work. That's the big main hurdle. So she can't go back to sleep until that's done. Um, and it's like okay, what which ones are non-essential that we can do? And I forget the first one she does. Uh, but it was truly non-essential. It didn't feel like a big deal that this was turned off. Uh, but then it was like okay, what what can I then turn off? Because it wasn't enough. It was like okay, what second thing can I turn off? And Milo's like, oh, everything else is is essential for you know for for you know to to have no effect on your life expectancy. Uh, but that's not really true because the second one she turns off later in the film after some you know, hubbub, is the euthanasia uh, process, where basically the computer will, will, will kill her, you know, peacefully if, if she's not going to survive. And she actually, and it tries to kill her because her oxygen is too low, and she kind of has to pull out all of her various cards, the umbilical one, and then the one on the toe. And yeah. Then, yeah. All that but stuff. But it gets worse. Right? <laughs> so so we, got, we got all this, right? And, but what, what, and I was like, wait, that, that, the computer's, Milo thought that the euthanasia protocol was something that she couldn't do was without. essential. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Because after she, she does this and then she says, hey, can we turn that one off and redirect power from this? The computer's like, yes, we can. I'm like, I don't know. The computer, like, to the point that, like, the computer is so unhelpful, right? To the point where I thought, is the computer got an agenda? Is it trying to like manipulate her and kill her or something? <laughs> and it wasn't. It never was. It actually tries to have a kind of a sweet ending when she, you know, like sort of says, "Oh, I could hug you at the end." When he offers to like, you know, rearrange the oxygen while she's asleep, so she'll have some when she wakes up. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this was baffling to me. Like the, the, the. the the, the the solution at the end to to deal with the, the the thing I felt like I thought of this the the second they showed there was other pods I thought of this and that was mm-hmm. like forty minutes ago why is she only just having this revelation now um why isn't the computer suggesting this it feels like something that you know it feels like a, a proper backup you know if they're expecting that some may get damaged on the way or some some bodies might die on the way that some of their supplies and resources could be distributed to other pods if need be, that kind of thing. Um, or, I don't know, maybe just an idea for space travel, maybe have like a general pool of reserves that could be distributed to any of the pods, which seems like a good idea. I, I know space and weight and all the... Well, maybe not weight, because, you know, space, but uh, I know space is at a premium 
you know, when you're doing space travel and you get ships and all the rest of it. But mm-hmm. it feels like, I don't know, a little bit of reserve that could distribute to it. Some poor planning here on this mission. I, I'm just going to say it. Uh, but yeah, I, there was just, there was too many moments where I felt like the computer almost felt like it was villainous when it wasn't just because the script needed it to not suggest something until she outright asked for it and it it felt like a script writing mechanic just so that we didn't get to the solutions too quickly yeah and that kind of no i i agree i mean once once the solution came up that she can go into cryo sleep and then she wouldn't be affected at all by the by the oxygen level then i understand that there are other components that you need to take care of first but just it really seemed like the computer could have brought that up a lot earlier yeah uh so so those elements are frustrating because it feels like cheats and i think what i love about a bottle movie is that it forces creativity to make it all work because you have to get all the story across with just you know one or a couple of actors and you You've, you've not got a variety of locations, you've not got a variety of props, props you have to all do it in one look. And mm-hmm. a lot of the the excitement for me is to see how they pull it all off and make all the pieces like fit and make it feel intricate despite the fact that it is in one location. So, but when you just have the, the writing kind of cheat, it just kind of devalues it a little bit. It makes it feel less satisfying. I, I don't feel like I'm getting... Uh, an intelligent story or an intelligently crafted like piece of exciting excitement because it is a it's kind of an action movie in a way because there's a lot of peril and there's a lot of like problem solving there's a lot of mm-hmm. all these things but it kind of but, but when it, when when the when the problems and the answers to those problems feel disingenuous and it feels like oh it had to hold back certain information or it had to hold back certain things just so that there's the tension there it all feels very fabricated in the context of the movie itself. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's a problem. And it's, 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 it's kind of probably the biggest thing that hurts this for me and why I couldn't get into the basic, like, enjoyment I should be getting from it. You know, beyond... Because beyond, there's some other things I do like about it, but the basic, she's on her own in a pod and limited resources, limited ideas. She does seemingly have, not the internet, but she seems to have, like, you know like a whole database of everything like to look through and like she can search yeah for there's people. just so many things like i don't say firewalls but things that are blocking her from being able to access all the information she needs she doesn't have the ability to give commands to the computer to take control of anything but she she has some access to things like she can call people so long as she knows who to call but which is difficult when you have amnesia yeah. Well, we do find out she doesn't actually have amnesia. She just doesn't have memory because <laughs> she has never made memory. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she does have memories and that the memories are designed to kind of kick in. But the reason why she starts off with nothing and kind of gradually gets like flashes and then, but because by the end of the movie, she actually talks like she knows everything uh, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clearly the, the process of the cloning, because she's a clone. That's the other big thing, which you've just <laughs> thrown out there <laughs> willy-nilly, um, uh, which we'll get to. Because uh, I, I think the... Because some of the more interesting stuff to me is the fact that it is in space. I think the the shot where she just casually asks, hey, can I, like, see outside? Like, can I see what's what's out there? And he turns off like, the, the, the filter because of the UV light will, you know, be damaging if she's looking at it for too long. 
And there's a bit of a jump scare because there's, there's like a floating like body with like a face missing mm-hmm. right out there. Corpse. But you know, there's a beautiful shot of the, the camera pulling back and showing the just the scope of this ship and how big it is and all these pods that are like surrounding the edges. This is like there's some alien planets out there too. This is like halfway or so throughout the movie. Uh, is it alien planets or is it? I thought it was still our solar system. Oh, I thought it was another planet because they've been out for like twelve years. Yeah, but that's still our solar system in terms of space, though, right? Because because they, they fly out say multiple times that they're going to lose communication soon because she's going to get too far. So I took that as that you know they are relatively still quite close to Earth in the grand scheme of things. Because they haven't fired, because they keep talking about firing off their nuclear oh, okay, thruster yeah. thing, which will actually propel them much quicker to their 35-year trip or whatever it is to this other planet they're, they're going to. I guess that makes sense, because we do see them go into some sort of a warp speed. Yeah. I, no, I, could, I mean, I couldn't tell you which planet it was, but I assumed it was still, like, I don't know, Neptune or something like that. <laughs> Just because... Mm-hmm. All the other details in the movie told me they weren't that far away yet. So... If this was an alien planet that was not in our solar system, I'm like, wait, how how good is this communication range that they're still communicating? That's like another plot hole to me. If, uh, <laughs> uh, if I guess that's true, because it does seem sort of not too distant future, like within a hundred years. Well, she says her birthday. We know her birthday's. Uh, she was born two thousand three. So, and we know that the real woman is. Uh, like in her 60s or 70s or something like that. She's an elderly woman uh, mm. on Earth. So that you know, pushes it, what, 2070 or something like that? Uh, and the whole idea behind all this is that uh, humanity is not going to survive another few generations and it's all top secret. The public's not to know. But to make sure humanity survives in some form. This is, this is not a, a rescue thing. This is not, you know, people escaping Earth. This is a ship full of nothing but clones to just start, a, start fresh, basically. Start a new on a new home. Uh, on a planet, it doesn't sound that great, given that they have to stay in one particular part of the planet. Otherwise, they'll, they'll either freeze or... <laughs> they'll either freeze to death on one side or they'll burn to death on the other, so... Uh, yeah, it seems like pretty limited space. So they've not got like a, a whole... But I guess if that's your only option, if that's the only kind of M-class planet in the reachable range, I guess you got to take what, you, what you're given. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it would be like a whole ring of just like... the... I don't know, like of uh, the earth, like smushed into like a ring. Because if you go a little bit for towards like the the dark side of the planet, then you can be in like the polar region, or you can go towards the light side of the planet, and then you'll be in like the Hawaiian side of the planet. That's all right. I think I got hotter than Hawaii. <laughs> from from the description I, I, well yeah on the extreme ends but yeah. if you just stay on, on like the the terminator line then you'll be fine okay okay uh so that that's the that's the trip that's happening and for for, for me the, the more interesting parts is just to sort of so to bring back the other thing and you mentioned before the clone side of things so the movie actually opens with a rat in a maze which immediately puts you thinking about okay this is an experiment or something yeah she's being tested yeah, or she's she, testing herself. She's she's having like flashbacks of, of rats and stuff, and she eventually, of course, figures out who she is, and she looks up her name and finds out she's a scientist, and she's been developing this, this, and this. Um, but again, it's this this sort of thing where she has this wealth of information, and she doesn't see that she she worked on cloning, or that there was video footage of her being like seventy. 
because she just didn't look for it or look closely enough because it's all there it's not, it's not concealed from her in any way once she actually mm-hmm. starts looking for who she is and she has a name um which takes a little bit of time admittedly but once she has that information it's just conveniently she doesn't see certain things to lead her to the yeah. clone well know. she's also looking for a memory she's looking for people that she knows yeah not uh, so much herself at, at once she figures out who she is yeah, yeah, but there's a whole there's a whole section where she searches and she sees like you know mm-hmm. articles about her in magazines and stuff like that, and it's not until later she goes back and looks again and just finds video footage of like herself at an older age and and things and and I'm not even necessarily saying this is a a problem per se, but it kind of goes back to the pro- the main problem we had with everything with all the solutions that were brought up later where it just felt felt like why wasn't this thought of or the computer suggested it earlier? It doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. much of a revelation. It doesn't feel like a oh my god, I figured out the one, you know, the one in one million, like, idea that's going to save the day. It didn't feel like that at all. I think along those similar lines, the idea that there's just so much that she just casually misses on her first sort of pass through searching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that it's not realistic, per se. It's, it's just kind of like, when she did go back and look la- later, I'm like, oh, so this was just always here to, to find. Like, because it it's, it's just a search engine. It's not like yeah. it's like hiding behind something. It's, it's just a, a cert- it's a computer folder full of things. Mm-hmm. She she could see any of this at any time if she wanted to. Sure. She, she's just not asking the right questions. She's just not thinking the right things. Um, but yeah, even when it's presented, she just doesn't notice. I mean, I didn't notice either. I didn't even think to look at it. But I think she was just so preoccupied with trying to make the memories in her head fit with what she was seeing that she just ignored the things that weren't like obvious yeah and, and the big thing is she keeps having memories of her husband uh she tries to call her husband and there's no answer the second number gets a woman who later on turns out to be herself but older uh mm-hmm. which that really didn't feel like a big surprise either i don't know i think no. cause once they once she we see the husband like he's in one of the pods too and she like wants to see him and then she asks why doesn't he have the scar that she remembers um, him having, I'm like, oh, he's a clone. They must all be clones then. Oh yeah, that was. So quite... I guess maybe it wasn't that. <laughs> that was quite <laughs> that was surprising. That was quite late on, though. We already we already heard that he died, though, before that yeah. point. Uh, because that because yeah. that was the thing is that as the movie goes on, some of the quick memories he starts to look like he's got like uh, bruises. He looks kind of sick. She has memories of him being very very yeah. sick. It looks like he has the black plague. But not to start, it, it kind of phases in like mm-hmm. a little bit here or there as as the movie goes on. Um. And but the people that she hear that hears that he died from, like she doesn't really trust, and we don't really know if we can trust them at that point. Yeah, that's true. That's the other thing as well is that it kind of makes sense in hindsight because it's it's more about how they don't want to like tell this this fresh clone that's woken up that she's in a almost certain death scenario, and they don't want to freak her out. So they're they're basically just stalling until she runs out of oxygen, so she'll die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. It kind of feels like when they're first being kind of cagey and the answers are sounding a bit shady, it feels like it's building a mystery that's going to be more relative to who they are. And it never actually matters. Like, it's just kind of dropped because it's not ultimately important. But again, it, it's kind of a something that feels like it might be important when it starts and then it kind of becomes less so as it goes on. Yeah. So again, it's kind of an, it's, it's another example of like one of the details ultimately fitting into the overall picture but not actually being that satisfying when you think back on it uh right yeah overall but no to get back to the, the, the husband though the, the, he he starts to look sick in some of the memories as it goes on 
and then we hear that he's he's died um and it makes sense why he's not answering and it kind of lines up with why he's not answering his thing um mm-hmm. and it's her herself that says that he's dead so when we see him in a pod when she asks if he's there too and he's not got the scar it's like okay right so we're dealing with clones and she realizes she's a clone the more interesting like question this movie poses to me is and the arc that i think it should have even focused on more is the idea that she's essentially not really wanting to fight for who she is when she realizes this she, she's pretty much ready to just let herself die because she's her memories aren't real she's not a real person she's never been outside this pod she was grown effectively inside this pod and oh she she just kind of wants to give up at that point and it's kind of this heartbreaking kind of thing uh kind of the the hopeful inspirational side to this is that she decides that she wants to live that 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 decision that that like fight for i'm going to figure this out and come up with a solution because i want to actually live that my life is still worth living even if i'm not the person that i thought or these memories uh suggest i am and we get mm-hmm. like we get explanations about the the rats being cloned and how uh the memories would eventually sort of sink in so it kind of explains why it's been kind of these fragments but as the movie's been on she's become more and more fully formed as a with the memories uh and maybe even waking up early maybe is part of the reason why it's a bit iffy to begin with mm-hmm. uh so so i mean that does kind of make some sense um but that's where i got a bit more interested because it was like okay so this is a, this is a character who is effectively a newborn who is only uh they say 12 years old right because that's when the journey started so so that's as a life form she is only 12 years old obviously she looks like a i don't know 35 40 year old woman whatever she is and she makes this choice to she wants to live and she comes up with this plan and she she won't let the computer perform euthanasia and that's her fighting for her life and that's when i kind of really felt like okay maybe i can latch out of this character now because she understands who she is and it's not just that she's she thinks she's liz she knows truly who she is and she's becoming her own version of who she is and she's fighting for her life she's fighting for survival and it, life is worth fighting for and I did like, you know, as much as I was, I was skeptical on the, the actual, like I say, the, 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 how she figures things out because it feels a bit cheap and just kind of like that, you know, either mm-hmm. her or the computer should have suggested this ages ago. I did like the, the heartwarming details of her talking to the computer. I like the, I could kiss you right now, all that stuff. Uh, the one thing I think the ending kind of makes a mistake of is showing us that she successfully gets to the planet with her cloned husband. I I, th- <laughs> I thought that this would have been way better if she just went to sleep and it was left sort of ambiguously hopeful as opposed to we're going to give you the money shot of her standing on alien planet with her husband kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It felt a bit... Or now that she knows what she is, like she doesn't have to be with him. Like she can be her own uh, person. Absolutely. Because <laughs> that's one of the things that I really like as well. She, yeah. she makes a recording for the, the husband clone because she obviously yeah. feels some attachment to him even though she's technically never met him. And she if, effectively feels like, hey, we don't really know each other. Like these memories aren't really ours, but maybe we can, if, if we both survive, maybe we can have a drink and talk about it. And like <laughs> talk talk about the, you know, the, the shared clone experience or something. Yeah. But it, it comes off in a very different light to her worrying about her husband earlier on where she's like panicking and thinking her husband might not be alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's having all these memories and blah, blah, blah. Um, so... But that was where the movie kind of got interesting. But the, the bizarre thing is, is that that part of the movie is only maybe like 10 minutes long. But by the time we have all those revelations done, 
that she knows she's a clone and she's making these choices mm-hmm. and she's fighting for her life, it becomes because because that's one of the things that makes the oxygen thing a little bit more interesting is that she seems to care early on when she just thinks she's a person, and then when she thinks she's Liz, she still seems to care about the oxygen. But she's panicking so much about like her memory loss and where she is and what's going on, um, blah blah blah, that. It, there's so much else that things happen and then when she gets to the point where she doesn't really seem to care about dying and like the, the auction timer's ticking down it doesn't really matter but it gets to that point where it's at under two percent and she's told is there any chance i'll wake up and part of me thought the movie was going to end with just the computer saying no it's not next well to- it is a french movie and they're not known for happy endings that's a fair point but i, I generally <laughs> thought that it may end with a sort of like well you know what i'm under two percent I was told that that the computer's telling me that I probably almost certainly won't survive that, but I'm still going to take the uh, the sedative. I'm still going to go back into the cocoon, in mm-hmm. the leap of faith that somehow I might survive, and maybe it'll. Yeah. And that would still be a hopeful ending, but sure. she she does you know come up with a solution to the point where she can have like five hundred percent oxygen if she wants it, uh, <laughs> which is you know I don't know so yeah some of the some of the 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 pieces kind of feel like like too difficult for how easy the solution is and then Uh therefore don't feel satisfying when they sort of come around (laughs) the more the more interesting parts of this film is when it becomes its own thing and it's about a clone realizing that they can be their own person and they're willing to fight to be that person and that their life is still (laughs) worth living that is by far the most interesting thing visually the most interesting things when we actually see space and we see the, the big shot of the ship and all that but the mechanics of her being stuck in a pod and trying to figure out who she is and how to survive, for the most part, is underwhelming. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I like the beginning of the, the first half of the movie because I think it is the halfway point where we realize she's in space, which is also like an, a fun reveal. But then mm-hmm. after that, I felt like oh, a lot of the things that bothered me in the movie showed up at, the, at that point. Um, <clears throat> to where I liked it a bit less. The I like the first half of figuring out the puzzle, like seeing her limitations and watching her like break down and figure out where she is and who she is and stuff like that. I thought that was a more interesting part of the film. Um, the broader questions, of course, are, are interesting also that you brought up. Um, I think one of the main problems I have with the with the movie overall is that they use that ticking time clock approach to where we get all the way to one and then she stops it you know <laughs> that thing that gets made fun of in galaxy quest like it always stops at one um they use that a lot in this movie to where it doesn't really like it is it feels kind of tropey and funny well i don't know if i'd say they use it a lot they use it they use once. it twice well, no, they use it once. It's just that once is really long and lasts the whole movie. <laughs> well, they they use it also with the with the the euthanasia scene because it's a countdown until oh, she pulls sure. the thing out the last the very last second. Oh sure, I don't know if I t- she's going to eject herself into space, and they she at the one she stops it and says, "Never mind, I don't want to do it anymore." Okay, that one's fair. I, I think the euthanasia one's a little bit different because that's more just fighting and surviving at the last second. That's not a countdown to me. That's that's just any movie scene. But where there was a in countdown. Danger. Like 
the computer was counting down during that scene. And at the one, she pulls out the needle. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that changes the fact, though, that it's not... I don't know. Is that, that's different from the, the bomb's going to go off at <laughs> one second. Okay. Uh, or oxygen's <laughs> going to run out at one second. But, or but, the, the, the pod pod bay door is going to open up and she's going to get yeah blown into space. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, I would definitely count the pod the pod opening when she's about to kill herself. Yeah, no, that is definitely... Uh, that definitely counts because it, it's just the, that last second. Um, but with the other one, because she's constantly struggling and it's it's more about figuring out which part she has to pull out, and some of them are quite disgusting. You know, the umbilical oh, cord yeah, is, yeah. is nasty. That, that part I was very into, like when she started, you know, Keanu Reeves-ing herself out of the matrix of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> that one was gory. Uh, the It was worse when she had to put everything back in, though. That was a rough scene. But yeah. I was very into it. Yeah, she has to put her IV back in. She has to put the umbilical the squishy noises. back in. Ugh. Yeah, that Ugh. was that was pretty nasty. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think the first half, to go back to that, I, I think the performance is very good and the performance is kind of what keeps it together, particularly when she does break down and she gets more emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I have not seen Buried. I, 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 that there. Like, if you've seen other movies like this, I have not. I do like that she, you know, it starts off with very little dialogue from her. It's just kind of the, the slow unwrapping or breaking out of the cocoon, as it were. Uh, that That's quite good. I think when I talk about some of the, the elements in the first half feeling kind of, I don't know, like unfulfilling or cheap to me and not like they're, they're, they've, they've thought of smart ways to have her like figure out problems. One of them is that, okay, she can call people. Okay, that's fine, you know been able to communicate and like talk to like a well at least what presents himself as a police officer probably is a guy at nasa who's like okay we can't tell what's really going on <laughs> so let's just pretend we'll just pretend um sure but what um bugged me though is there's a lot of tropey shit that's just there to like the amount of times milo the computer says okay i'll boost the signal because it's not clear and then it's magically clears up i'm like Boosting the signal in, like, a sci-fi thing, while technically boosting a signal is a thing that can happen, mm-hmm. it, it just it doesn't really mean anything in the context of a script beyond just, we want it to be unclear and it to be cleared up. And Milo, yeah. Milo says that he boosts the signal, like, probably half a dozen times over the first 40 minutes of the movie uh, in different contexts, where phone calls start to drop out and the, the signal has to be boosted. I'm like, how much can you boost it? There has to be a limit to how much boosting you can do. Like, what are you doing to strengthen it at this point? Like, um, you, it's, it's not like you have unlimited power. Like, what are you doing? Are, are you ejecting, like, five people in pods, like, over in the next <laughs> row? Take their life support away so you can boost the signal a little bit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> like, there's just little things like that where it felt like there was fabricated obstacles to make it seem like there was more problems than there actually was. And technically, mm-hmm. all movies are fabricated obstacles that a character has to overcome. That's what they all are, if you really want to break it down to it. But good writing, the trick is, is to make them all feel like they belong in the world and the script in front of the character and make them feel like they're not just uh, plot devices. Uh, and when they're that thin, when they're just... Oh, the signal's weak. Boost the signal. <laughs> it's better than her reaching into her memory through pain in order to find a file number for her oh, no, husband, I, though. 
I no, I agree. I equally did not like that. It just it felt, especially since when when she sort of when the when the woman who turns out to be her older self on the phone tells her to you know the answers are in there like and and then she like triggers it by like hurting herself with the needle. I thought, wait, mm-hmm. did they really? I don't I don't feel like they established at this point that she could trigger this these memory flashes with pain. I don't know if they yeah. they clearly set that up at that point yet. No, I'm not sure. But she she's in pain a lot, so and the, the memories come through a lot. Maybe it does work out. It's not, but it's not satisfying though, because it's so like, like it's usually a memory of like a seed falling from a pine tree. <laughs> yeah, but like, like 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 a sequence of numbers, a file name. I mean, hell, even when the uh, the older woman tells her like the sequence that she or the code she has to give to the computer uh, to mm-hmm. open the pod, it's you know it's just like a. It's like four digits, then she has to say a lowercase, and then there's like another three digits. Later on in the film, when she's asked for that again, when she tries to kill herself by opening the pod, this time she knows it's in space. Because the first time when she gets these codes, she doesn't know that. And then that's yeah. kind of when the, the woman reveals some of the stuff. Um, but she but, doesn't just say you're in space. She says, you know, adjust this and this and this so that the gravity Yeah, but uh, the, the point gone. I'm trying to make, though, is that the, later on in the film, when she has to give this code again, she just remembers it. And I'm like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's no way you remembered an eight-digit sequence, like half an hour later. I'll buy that you 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 remembered it in the moment because you sort of said it to yourself quickly in your head. And you, <laughs> like, maybe my memory is just bad. I would never be able to remember an eight-digit sequence later well, on. Well, I mean, my memory was pretty good when I was twelve. <laughs> Didn't have a lot of info yet. Um, I would have equally not remembered that at twelve. I'll say I'll say that. <laughs> I don't think age. I, don't know, I had a lot of phone numbers memorized when I was that age. Uh, I did not. I I don't even have my current phone number memorized. <laughs> There's no need. The, the phones just remember these things. You don't have to. Well, Easy. I mean, not when I was twelve. Uh, well, yes, because you're an oldie. Mm. <laughs> Classic joke. Still funny. <laughs> oh dear um yeah so i think it's this is not a bad movie and there's definitely some good ideas and some things that i like in here there's a lot of a lot of this but the sad part is though is that the better version of this i think i would love like i i I think (laughs) with a different script and maybe a different director i think i could love this movie i could love what this movie's trying to do but mm-hmm. because there's so many, so much of it feels just a little bit like they're taking these little writing mechanic shortcuts to just sort of add more tension or things that I feel like the character should have figured out already or the computer, like Milo, Jesus Christ, like that, that damn computer should be suggesting things left and right. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like the computer's designed to deny, deny, deny until... Yeah, the, not the, to help the people yeah, that he's there to protect. <laughs> until he's directly posed a question. Um, it all feels very pr- poorly thought out from a, a coding standpoint. <laughs> yeah. But, because uh, I mean, we do find out that, and probably what caused the damage in the first place to our pod is that there's a, an asteroid hit part of the uh, the ship and it killed <laughs> like maybe like, I think it was like 150 people out of the 10,000. So there's still, there's still a lot of them left. There's still a, enough for the colony and whatever, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that, that's why there's this horrific visual of like a, like a face like blown off when the, the window <laughs> reveals itself uh so i mean there's some there's, there's fun ideas but I, I think the sad part is is that i think there is a probably a cheaper but much better version of this that could have existed 
Yeah, like give it to, you know, if he still made good movies like Duncan Jones or something. <laughs> There's a little bit of moon in this. Oh, Batman, but the moon that's in that's all very spoilery, so you're not going to tell them why. No, no. <laughs> no spoilies for other just, movies. Just a skosh of moon in this movie. Yeah, like... Get, it, get... it was probably inspired by moon. Like, give this to the director that coherence, right? Give it to them, because I feel like that's the version of this movie I want to see. Is some because that's a movie where all the details work, all the yeah. details feel so thought out, and when it all connects together, you feel like you're figured. Because yeah, doesn't it fully explain everything, but it feels like as you're going along with the journey that you're like your mind's being blown with every little thing that connects to something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, every single time it revealed something, it was like, oh yeah, I guess that works. Like that—that that was the, the the feeling I had almost every time. I was like, yeah, that that works. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it it was like even though. There were big, exciting things happening on the screen and big sci-fi revelations. It was still like, okay, I guess that works. Yeah. <laughs> it was just underwhelming for me. It's a, yeah, it's underwhelming. It, I guess part of part of it is it's a little derivative of other things. But I don't even think that would matter. I, I think if the if all the pieces of the mystery were more compelling and didn't feel like they were just there, like it didn't feel as as phony as they do in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, but I think more importantly, just more of a focus on the actual arc for the character where she chooses to want to live her new life, whatever it may be, because that's still worth something, even if she's not this real person from before. I think that is such an interesting, and it's, it's not like a new thing to this film, the idea of like a, a robot or a clone or something deciding that they want to live and deciding that they are worth something that they, you know, I mean, hell, even... Like Blade Runner, you know, is an example of this. You know, the replicants, they always want to live. You know, they want mm-hmm. their thing. Well, you like Blade Runner 2049. You can't just say gross when Blade Runner's brought up. <laughs> so, you know, like... That four and 4.5 out of 10 movie. I can't remember what I rated it. I think for four or something. The first film, you mean, not, not 2049. No, no. Yeah, 2049 is great. You have to, have to uh, specify that for the, for the audience at home. Oh, they're all mad at you now for... Uh, what you said about Blade Runner. <laughs> I know. I've, uh, like, I've given it many goes. Yeah. Still don't like it. It's, it's, it's funny. It's a movie that I really want to love. So I, I, for all the movies... I mean, it's, I respect a lot of people who have this on the top of their list. Yes. I, I it's, it's Out of movies that have not worked for me, it's the one that's had the most tries because I just really want mm-hmm. to love it. I really want to love Blade Runner. Yeah, me too. And it looks and sounds great. The, t- the technical <laughs> qualities are phenomenal. Like, I love the look of the city. I love all that. But the story is, like, sleep-inducing, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, enhance. Enhance. Yeah. Sex word B4 by 5-sex. Enhance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, I just... This, this is a lukewarm movie with some good ideas and some good moments, mm-hmm. but pretty much a lukewarm movie. Good performance, I'd say. Yeah. So, uh, would you like to read it? Is that where we are? Hmm. Sure. I will. I will start with the rating. Um, yeah, uh, I'd say it's it's pretty good. You know, it's um, it was fun to watch a non-American movie. <laughs> I think this might be my first one for the year sad um but <laughs> it was good like it's a good movie I, I i'd recommend it if you have netflix you know um as most people do you can check it out it's um fun sci-fi concept but 
overall just kind of the same as I feel about a lot of Netflix movies, just a bit underwhelming. So I'm going to give it a six. Okay. You're not counting rewatches here because you did watch Godzilla this year. So. Oh, yeah. So that's true. So uh, for a first time watch, you're, you're probably right. But uh, there's at least one thing we did in the show that was foreign. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've watched a few. I've watched a few foreign films this year. Um, oh, well, look at you. A few good Mr. ones. Mr. Fancy Pants. Well, you know, I try to expand my... Uh, my uh my cinematic oeuvre. Oeuvre. What does oeuvre mean? Oeuvre. Um, oh, it just means oeuvre. Well, no. I mean, I mean, I, I, uh, I probably. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily works in the context I should use it. I think typically you talk about a director having an oeuvre rather than like a viewer having an oeuvre, but uh, mm. it means they're they're. Uh, not their cat, not their filmography, per se, but their their overall like range of like art. Their oeuvre. Okay. Yeah. So someone's going to give you a better definition. The the, the comments. Uh. Yeah. I, yeah. Six feels about right. Sadly, I I wanted to like it more. I really did. Um. I think I. I would have loved to... I think if you made the... Even if you only fixed one of my two major problems, I think you would probably at least bump it up a full point. If you fixed both of my major problems, then it could have been something really special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as it is, I, I think it just... You know, it feels like an Alexandra Aja film who, outside of uh, High Tension, which has a pretty divisive ending, admittedly, but outside of that, I have not necessarily loved most of what I've seen of Alexandra Aja, so... Uh, that's a shame. I'll take a word for it. But hey, uh, there you go. That's oxygen. O two. Good lads, what you thought of the movie in the comments? If you like, you can. If you made it this far, you can put the word. I don't know. Milo <laughs> into the comments. <laughs> Tell us what you got there. Uh, Tara's going to post for the thumbnail. Uh, on you go. Three. Two, one, pause. <laughs> what do you want me to do? There's nothing. I'm probably going to use you laughing afterwards rather than the actual pause, to be honest. <laughs> All right, bring the mic back in. Bring the mic back fine, in. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Bring the mic back in. All right. Uh, there you go. That's 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 the show. That's the, the... Uh, so let us know what you thought in the comments. Like and subscribe. Liking and subscribing is super important. It is the simple, easy way to help the content out because it means YouTube will recommend it out a little bit more. Um, Tara, why don't you tell them all about Patreon? Yeah, if you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as low as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. And if you donate $5 per month, you'll get access to the re- reviews one day early. And some other shows, you get a whole week early and you get to vote on what we watch. So please head on over and check that out. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, catch us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, I suppose I should tell you what's coming next time, shouldn't I? Uh, do we know what's coming next time? I think we do. Don't don't doubt, don't doubt the, the system. We, oh, we we, do. I mean, we have a schedule, but sometimes there's blanks. 
Sometimes there is, but there is not a blank next week. Next week, we reload. Well, Matrix Reloaded is up next time, which I dare say will probably be a more exciting conversation. Not actually a more exciting film, but a more exciting conversation. But that is us. That is the Atomic Cinema Experience. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching sci-fi and computer. Hopefully you're better than Milo. Add salsa. Est-ce que je peux aller aux toilettes?